Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy April and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk radio show. Here's a quick announcement. Our April heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones. It's live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. April's theme is Spring Magic, Nourishing Our Heart, Mind, Body, and Spirit. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the CEO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show this morning, my guest for today is Simran. Known as the 1111 Lady, Simran is a love catalyst, a rebel humanitarian, and a proponent of greater balance, neutrality, compassion, and inner peace. As an example of the new world experience of aliveness, she advocates for the visionary and mystical embodied within each person. She steers individuals toward embracing their darkest depth to uncover the brilliance of light to attain their wholeness, personal power, and peace. Simran is the author of Signs, Sacred Encounter with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts a common sentient series book. Science brings the mystical to the mainstream by sharing spiritual wisdom and true stories of many people's divine experiences. She's also the number one rated host of 1111 Talk Show and publisher of Nautilus award-winning 1111 magazine and creates art, online courses, books, and media to breach humanity's experience and expression. Simran is a TEDx speaker and creator of One Woman Show that spanned 11 months and 66 cities. The Rebel Road, connecting the dots from what was to what is. She has appeared on GAIAM TV, One Word Pujo Network, CCN, and the New Thought Channel. Simran has also spoken at the World Congress of Illumination, the United Nations Universities, and spiritual centers across North America. Simran is also one of our featured expert contributors to our April Inspiration for Better Living magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her inspiring and empowering story, Finding the Extraordinary in the Ordinary, in our Global Village section. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Simran and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and how we can learn to pick up the subtle signs our universe is conveying to help and assist us in our journey to living an empowering life. Happy Wednesday, Simran, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Johnny. It's a delight to be with you. I'm so looking forward to our conversation, and I am great, and I hope that you and your audience are as well. Thank you so much. It is wonderful to have you on the air with me. It's a pleasure reading Signs, Sacred Encounter with Pathway, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts is truly an insightful read. 
It is very inspiring and empowering. The information shared certainly nourishes the heart, mind, body, and spirit, I would say. So congratulations on this release. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I started with this type of information back in 2013 with the Mm -hmm. release of my first book, which was Conversations with the Universe. And over the last decade, I have learned even more about the ways that Mm -hmm. signs, symbols, and synchronicities show up in our lives. So I'm excited to share that with you today. Fantastic. Let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. I am of Indian background. I've grown up in the South and probably had a typical childhood, as we all do. We get conditioned into our own cultures, our own societies, our own familial ways of thinking and being. And it brought me forward to following a lot of the cultural traditions, which included an arranged marriage. And that was probably the place that created the most constriction in my life, which eventually had me speak out loud and ask the universe for a sign. And I guess in that moment in my prayer room, I asked with such fervor and such emotion that I started to see signs for the next five to six weeks, about 30 to 40 times a week. I saw the same exact sign, which was 1111 or 11. And that led me down an interesting pathway. It brought me to many turning points in my life and would always appear as a divine guidepost of confirmation uh, beyond that time. Very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Were there memorable moments from your childhood that still influence you today? I think that every moment in my childhood influences today. I think that we are multidimensional beings, and the layers of our stories that we experience will impact us for years to come. And initially, the very first story that probably was the most influential in my life had to do with a young child that ended up coming to my door and ringing the doorbell. I was caring for my grandmother, who was in a wheelchair, while my parents were away at work, and I was four years old. And when the doorbell rang, I went to answer the door. And on the other side was this little young boy who looked very, very upset. He was crying. He was sweating. He was moving his body as if he had to go to the bathroom, but I knew he didn't have to go to the bathroom because I felt this wave of fear that just overtook me. I could feel it from him. And so I crouched behind the door, not quite sure what he wanted, And all of a sudden, he started yelling at me, and he said, I don't want you to burn in hell. I don't want you to burn in hell. Take this and save yourself. And he threw something at me, which landed at my feet. And then he ran off, and I've never seen that child again or known who he was. But I picked up this item, which was a tiny little book with a green cover, and it had translucent, swishy paper on the inside. I couldn't read the words. But I was so afraid by his own demeanor and the energy that I felt that I ran to my bedroom and I placed it under my pillow. That night, when my mother came in to tuck me in bed, she adjusted the pillow and it fell to the ground. And she picked it up and she had a little bit of a serious look on her face. And she asked me, where did you get this? And so I was too afraid not to tell her the truth, so I told her everything that had happened. 
And she placed the little book on my chest and she put my hands on top of it and her hands on top of mine. And she said, this is the Bible and it is filled with lots of pearls of truth. It is filled with many stories that teach and is also probably filled with some things that have been made up. And if you read our Bible, you will probably find that it's filled with pearls of truth, has many stories that teach, and probably has some things made up. As you grow up, I want you to explore all the religions and all the Bibles, and I want you to find the pearls of truth. I want you to read the stories and learn what you can, and always remember that there are going to be some things that are made up. But if you follow the pearls of truth, you will find the commonality in all things, and they will guide your life. And in that moment, I had the real cognizant experience of two very different things. One was fear, and one was love. And from that time, I think that my life has been spent reconciling those two parts. And I think that that's a commonality for all of us, regardless of our experience. When we're children, we encounter fear, and we don't really understand it because it's so opposite of our divine nature. And yet there are these moments where we encounter that unconditional love, and we know that to be truth. But the duality of that in our consciousness of trying to understand how can both of these things exist in this world oftentimes sends many of us down spiritual paths looking for the answers, and it certainly did for me. Beautiful. That's really beautiful. I totally agree with you in terms of that because one of the things that I've encountered myself growing up in Malaysia till I was 18 years old is that, interesting enough, of course, it's uh, what they call a melting pot, right? Because you have all the different religions. I knew growing up, even though now might be different by back then, we respect each other's religion. And in the end, over the years, as I encounter my own experiences, there's some nuggets of wonderful words of wisdom, knowledge to be shared in all sacred texts. But then there are also things that are made up because it's to govern society. And I've concluded that if everyone could live the Ten Commandments, and it's got nothing to do with the Jewish religion and whatnot, just the basic Ten Commandments, I think we're in good shape. <laughs> I agree with you on that. That would be a very simple recipe for life. <laughs> yes. Ironically enough, that Ten Commandments might be tweaked here and there a little bit different, but it's in all religion and it's in all cultural philosophy, if one might want to say, so to speak. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that that's, that's what my mother was trying to also tell me, yeah. is that if you yeah. just find the commonalities that are of the highest truth, then you can't go wrong. It doesn't matter where mm -hmm. we came from or our social class or economic class because mm -hmm. there is this underlying truth that we all know deep inside of our bodies. Right. So true. Who did you consider as role models when you were growing up? You know, I think that uh, parents are always are going to be our first role models. And probably the most influential, at least in my case. And what I've learned about role models is they teach us what to do and they also teach us not what to do. But it is our own personal growth and spiritual development that brings about the discernment as mm -hmm. to which patterns and behaviors to carry on and which ones we are here 
to actually shift and change for our lineages, for our own children, for the coming generations to not carry those same things. And and so I would say that, that my mother and father influenced me in very powerful ways spiritually, but they also gave me certain patterns, behaviors, and beliefs that over time in my life I've had to decondition myself from in order to find my voice and my truth and return more and more to my own true nature. Very interesting. In the course of just living, growing up, do you consider yourself a curious person by nature? That is, that question of why is always the first thing that comes to mind when encountering people, situations, and circumstances? You know, I think that, I don't know if curiosity is exactly the word that I would use for Mm -hmm. it. I feel as if I'm more of an explorer. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to understand life. I wanted to understand the inner workings of life. I've always had this innate ability to see patterns and to understand what's going on beneath the surface of people or conversations or things. And yet what I would feel did not often reconcile with what people were saying or the way they were behaving. And so Mm -hmm. I've always been trying to reconcile and understand and explore why is it that we do what we do? What is it that makes us human as opposed to robotic? What is it that keeps us from expressing our full personal power and our divinity and staying within our stories and our weakness? And so it was more of an exploration of discovery than I would say um, Mm -hmm. even curiosity. Wonderful. Very, very interesting. So when did spirituality become a conscious awareness in your life? You know, I think that spirituality is something that individuals embark upon when they hit that moment that they cannot move beyond that is chaos or challenge or obstacle. And that certainly was the case for myself when I had done everything that I could within an arranged marriage to try to get an individual, the help that he needed to to really understand why love didn't look the way that I had always heard it was or why my life, despite me continuously trying to be the best person that I could be, was challenging and painful. And so I think those, I call them pebbles, rocks, and boulders. I think when mm-hmm. those pebbles, rocks, and boulders kept coming and that final boulder that really hit my life in a big way appeared, that was the moment that I really started asking the questions more so for the signs. And signs Mm -hmm. became my personal growth path. It is actually the way that I have been able to grow personally and spiritually in exponential ways because I began to look at life through a lens that was very different than anything that I had ever known or had been shown before. And I would say that that was in my mid-30s, which is oftentimes – the awakening point for many people. Mm-hmm. So true. I agree with that. Age is very, very interesting. Even in work, I would tell people, you be so excited at 21, 22 when you get out of college, but eventually it's still a job. <laughs> Once you hit about 30, then that job morphs into a career because that's something that's grounded within ourselves that realize that, wait a minute now, this is it right here. <laughs> 
I agree with you, Johnny. I think that we do go through these different age stages Mm -hmm. that we are supposed to encounter certain parts of ourselves. And I think that that's pretty general across the board. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I also think there's a division of what men experience and what women experience through each decade. And that that's a natural part of the pattern of life that we are each Mm -hmm. supposed to live. So true. Very true. How did your conscious awareness get weaved into your daily lifestyle and thought process? I've always been someone that's just wanted to be my best self. I, mm-hmm. As I started to look at the signs in my life, once the numbers started coming, I started thinking, well, if the universe can talk to me in numbers, then how many <laughs> other ways is it speaking to me? And yeah. so as I started to look at everything that showed up in my life, I started to ask myself certain questions. And those questions were, where is that in me? What is it trying to teach me about me? What are the gifts it's trying to bring up within me? And that's what began being weaved into my daily lifestyle and thought processes. Because if I encountered an angry grocery store clerk, then I would stop for a moment and I would say, where is that anger inside of me that I've not been able to see? Or if I encountered, you know, a motivational speaker that I thought was amazing, I would say, where Mm -hmm. is that confidence and that power within me that I've not been able to see. And so I began to look at everyone and everything, every circumstance that showed up in my life, I began to look at it as a mirror to me. And so the signs then all of a sudden were not just these once in a while, beautiful, amazing things that happened. All of a sudden, the entire world became signs for me. And I tell people, you're not on a journey, are the journey. You're Mm -hmm. not in the world. You are Mm -hmm. every piece and part of the world speaking back to you about you. You are experience, experiencing itself. And that is the philosophy that I lived by from the time my spiritual path began. I would say those mantras, and I would look at life in that way. And it has (laughs) transformed my life experience. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. How do you distinguish coincidental occurrences from divine nudging? I don't really believe in coincidence. I believe that Mm -hmm. everything is part of the divine plan. Mm -hmm. The divine nudging that I call sacred encounters or signs or divine guideposts, to me, they all represent something. Some are trying to turn us down certain pathways in life so that Mm -hmm. we follow suit with our soul dharma. Others are showing up to be a a literal turning point because we're going the wrong way or we've chosen the wrong path or we're with the wrong person. And so something shows up in our life that literally turns us 180 degrees so that we do something different. And then there are these divine guideposts that come that are either these moments of awakening or they Mm -hmm. are the confirmations for things that we're wanting to do so that we know we can proceed forward with confidence All in all, I think every sign that appears is really the universe saying, I've got your back. Go Mm -hmm. ahead and move in the direction that feels loving, that feels kind, that excites you, that makes you want to be more than you are today. And when you do that, the universe will respond with another sign. Very, very interesting. That's very interesting. So when did the new awakening within you morph into a passion-driven enlightenment? When I was uh, experiencing that issue 
with with the partner that I was with, I had mm-hmm. taken him to rehab so that he could get the help that he needed. And when I came back, there was a lot of grief. And I, looking back, I probably had gone into a bit of depression over an exhaustion over the many years, the 15 years of trying mm-hmm. to figure out what was wrong in in this relationship or what was wrong regarding his mental health. And so I spent quite a bit of time in bed for that week following and a lot of sleep and a lot of tears. But every time I would roll over, I would see the numbers 111 or 1111 on the clock. And those were the only times that I would roll over and wake up and and see those numbers. And this was after four weeks of seeing these numbers consistently 30, 40 times a week. And so by the end of that week, I became really upset and I yelled out loud, either tell me what these numbers mean or make them stop. And in that moment, I got a series of flashes in my mind. And it was flashes of 1111 magazine covers. It was the radio show. It was a series of books I would write. And I heard the words, do this now, you will heal and others will heal. The universe knew I had been a workaholic. So the universe (laughs) knew to give me a job. And that's what it did. It got me out of bed. I went downstairs. I began writing the first issue of the magazine, and it allowed me to have a pathway to follow that also became a place of personal growth for me. You know, they always say you teach what you're here to learn. And so everything that I was learning, I was teaching, and everything that that I was teaching, I was learning. And so Mm -hmm. I would say that my passion-driven enlightenment began the moment that I hit that moment of challenge because that's when all the doors started opening. Very, very interesting. That's beautiful. I agree with you when you talk about as you encounter things and you're here to teach what you learn. I think that's really wonderful. So why did you decide to write science specifically in this case? Because it's a beautiful book. I love reading it and it's got a treasure trove of so much stuff. <laughs> it really does. You know, it's been 10 years since I wrote my first book on the subject, which is pretty extensive. But that was all my own story and what I had uncovered. And no one was talking about that kind of stuff at that time. 10 years later, I've learned so much more. And people are waking up more now. One thing I realized over time was When the signs started occurring, they began occurring because I didn't trust life. I didn't trust the universe. Mm -hmm. I really didn't trust other people. And most of all, I hardly trust my own choices. And the signs helped me to trust. And so it felt really important at this time when there's so much out in the world that can frighten us, that can be challenging, to bring about this book, number one, so that people learn that there is something bigger than themselves that they can trust and that they can find their inner authority to trust themselves by having that relationship with the universe. Secondly, the second section of this book is filled with stories from so many other people who have encountered their signs. So it was important for me to illustrate, I'm not the only one that's having this. You're having this too. You just might be in the closet about it. So let me introduce (laughs) you to some other people and their signs and their stories so that you understand that this is now something that we're all experiencing. And it's something that can allow us to be childlike in nature, to return to our curiosity and wonder, 
to open our hearts and experience more love and to feel less fear around the world, understanding that if we'll just look at all these things that are happening as mirrors, we can actually be change agents to help alleviate Mm -hmm. that suffering in the outer world by simply finding it within ourselves and doing the work to heal it. Very true. Very, very true. One of the things that my mom's taught me was to sit still from time to time, and you'll find that the answer's all around you. The irony of it is signs, I guess, in this case, will be the word that we're using. It's not the 20th century thing. It's been around, I would say, since the beginning of time. And so what do you mean by sacred signs are everywhere? Each one of us are on a spiritual journey, whether we are willing to recognize that or not. Mm-hmm. And everything that we encounter in our lives is personal. It's personal mm-hmm. to us. And it is a reflection of us. And we are sacred. But we have to remember that we're sacred. So only when we really create this relationship with life, with the universe, God, source, love, whatever you want to call it, will we begin to realize that everything that we're seeing is us speaking back to us and that it is the divine reflecting us as itself. And the more we bridge that gap, the more we will begin to see that we are the sacred encounter and that everything that we're encountering is just a mirror of that. Very interesting. So true. So how are we, our life, is a compass? With everything that we do encounter, we're given those divine nudges, as you say, or those Mm -hmm. guideposts that come along. And life will lead us in the direction that we're destined to go. Once we start not just following the signs that mean something to us, but begin looking at creating in our life, then all of a sudden we can gauge and use that as a barometer as to how far we've come, how much we've grown, how expanded the mind is or how closed it is, how open the heart is or how guarded it is. And so when you have a flat tire, it's not just a flat tire. That (laughs) flat tire is telling you that you have worn out something. And if it's on the left side of your car, it relates to your feminine side. It relates to your feminine caregivers. If it is in the front it means that it is a fear about something in the future and a fear to receive. If it is in the back, it is related to a wound of the past and something that needs to be healed. If it's on the right, it relates to the masculine. Everything in our lives is connected to us and is really revealing the parts of us that are the not-self that needs to heal and that are the true self that is here to rise. And once we start realizing that our children, our pets, our plumbing, our homes, our jobs, everything in our world is a sign speaking back to us. All of a sudden, we have an entire roadmap of where to go, and that's how our life is a compass. And I move through all of that within the book Signs because I want Mm -hmm. people to really understand not only how the signs appear and what they are, but then what we do with them, how we initiate them, how we integrate them and understand them, and how we become this partner with life where there's this relationship of infinity that just keeps moving back and forth so that we become that very conversation with the universe. 
so beautifully and eloquently put. I love it. Thank <laughs> from, you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I'm Johnny Tant, your host. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. April's theme is Spring Magic, Nourishing Our Heart, Mind, Body, and Spirit. My guest for today is Simran. Known as the 1111 Lady, Simran is a love catalyst, a rebel humanitarian, and a proponent of greater balance, neutrality, compassion, and peace. As an example of a new world experience of aliveness, she advocates for the visionary and mystical embodied within each person. She stirs individuals towards embracing their darkest depth to uncover the brilliance of light to attain true wholeness, personal power, and peace. Simran is the author of Science, Sacred Encounters with Pathways, Turning Points, and Divine Guideposts, a common sentience series book. Science brings the mystical to the mainstream by sharing spiritual wisdom and true stories of many people's divine experiences. She is also the number one rated host of 1111 Talk Radio and publisher of Nautilus Award-winning 1111 magazine and creates art, online courses, books, and media to breach humanity's experience and expression. Simran is a TEDx speaker and creator of a one-woman show that spanned 11 months and 66 cities, The Rebel Road, connecting the dots from what was to what is. She has appeared on GAIAM-TV, One Word Puja Network, CCN, and the New Thought Channel. Simran has also spoken at the World Congress of Illumination, the United Nations Universities, and spiritual centers across North America. Simran is also one of our featured expert contributors to our April Inspirations for Better Living magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her inspiring and empowering story, Finding the Extraordinary in the Ordinary in our Global Village section. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Simran and I are having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and how we can learn to pick up the subtle signs our universe is conveying to help and assist us in our journey to living an empowering life. Simran, what are some of the misconceptions about science, which I'm sure they are? I think there are quite a few. I think that one of the most uh, significant ones is people think that signs are just these random occurrences. Mm-hmm. So they get it very excited when they get a sign. They might even call a friend and say, oh, you won't believe what just happened. <laughs> I just got this sign. But then they forget about it because they think it's just this one-time thing or a coincidence, and that's not really the case. Our signs link together and actually will create full paragraphs of the universe speaking to us if we are open to really realizing how the dots connect. I think that the other misconception about signs is that there are good signs and there are bad signs. And I have found that all signs are actually good signs. Some may show up as unorthodox signs, things that may appear to the mind or the ego to be called bad, but in actuality, they are all for our good. Very, very interesting. Please share with us your understanding 
about numerology, its history, and its empowering implications? I think that there's so many esoteric sciences that the ancients have passed on to us that are relevant and beautiful ways to know ourselves and to guide us. And we are a construct of the binary, one and zero. All of life is. Quantum physics is illustrating that. And so when we look at numerology and we begin to understand that it's illustrative of the system of numbers that each mean something and that they are showing us a pattern or a cycle or a rhythm that we're here to experience by each one and what it means, then all of a sudden we start to understand that there is a cycle to change, that there are certain expressions that mean certain things, and that we can allow life to flow and not have to control it quite so much, that numerology and all of these different uh, other sciences can be part of our beautiful spiritual exploration and just enhance the journey so that life remains this beautiful uh, adventure that we are each here to receive. When I was given the numbers 1111, I was told that there were two meanings that I should associate with it. The first meaning was that 1111 was a gateway, that in fact it is a pre-encoded trigger inside of our cellular structure and that it signaled the opening of us to a path of growth and healing, that each of the ones represented one of the pillars that we are here to embark upon for our own empowerment. And those pillars are mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And as we learn to master these sides of ourselves, we keep ascending beyond who we are, and we reach uh, new heights enormous heights beyond what our minds ever thought we could actually reach. The other symbolism that 1111 signified was that we are all individual ones, but together we make up the one. And so to understand that we are different pieces of the divine puzzle, each here to find our own spark, our own uniqueness, and to express that in the world is what really brings about the true light. It's not about comparison. It's not about copying someone else. It's about really finding what fulfills you, what empowers you, and what delights you, and letting that express in the world. Very true. It's about self-reflection versus continuing to look what's out there. And you're looking at what this information is trying to tell you about you. That's the beauty of it. I want to discuss a story in your book, which I found very interesting. And again, your book has a wealth of knowledge, individuals that share their stories, just to kind of let everybody know that this is not something that's unique. It's something that we are out there and we run into it, but are we paying attention? When we pay attention, that's when we gain the knowledge that we need to gain. So the story that I wanted to talk about is titled The Penny by Pamela Nance. What can you tell us about it? Yes, there are so many beautiful stories in this book, and they run the gamut in terms of different experiences. So I know when individuals read the book, they are going to find themselves in different stories, or it will help them remember certain things that took place. For Pamela, uh, her father passed away, and she was having to move her mother, and there was an auction that was going to be taking place, and so she went to help in gathering the things together. And 
before the auction was to start, she kept hearing this message, find the penny, find the penny. And there was a penny that her father had found. It was an Indian copper penny that he had kept that he always said was his lucky penny. But it had somehow been misplaced after his death and no one ever saw it again. And so she kind of moved through the home trying to search for this penny but didn't know where to look, didn't know how to find it. No one had ever seen it. And she happened to walk out on the porch and was almost drawn to it, and it was right there as if it had been there all along. And it just goes to show that we are so connected to the unseen that the mystical, the magical is possible in this realm. We simply need to open our eyes to it and allow those things to happen in our lives. We cannot give up our childlike imagination and wonder and possibility that we once had. We must reclaim that because when we do, we open up a window that all of a sudden lets in anything that we in our logical minds would not have thought possible. And that brought such peace. It brought delight and it brought the connection to her father once again. That's beautiful. That really is. And the reason why I chose that story is because I resonated with that penny story. I'm sure you've heard people always say when you run into coins on the road, when you happen to walk and whatnot, pick up the lucky penny, pick up the lucky dime and so forth. <laughs> For me, what's interesting was I had somehow one day getting out of my car, this was a few years ago, there's a penny right outside the door, the driver's side of my car, right? And when I picked it up, it has the year that was a turning point in my life when I first got here in the United States where my father had passed away and that changed the trajectory of my life pretty much. And it's a great reminder that when I look at the year on the penny, it's like, wow, this way I'm at right now. I'm at the pivotal moment of that turning point. And that's just one incident. And then over the years, I've encountered different coins from dimes to other pennies that were significant in terms of the dates that things happened in my life. That it's a gentle reminder saying, the worst is over, you're about to embark on a new journey. So I really resonated with that particular story. Well, you know what's so beautiful about that and what I try to get individuals to understand is the mm-hmm. universe is really intelligent in how it brings things to us. It mm-hmm. knows what's going to get our attention. And it brings it repeatedly like a little tapping on the shoulder because mm-hmm. it's trying to get our attention to allow that comfort, to be that reminder, to have that self-reflection, as you said earlier. And so we simply have to be aware when we're seeing something over and over again Because ultimately, it is attempting to have us slow down, to pause, to take in the moment, to be more present. And when we do that, we all of a sudden open our lives up for greater love, greater abundance, greater flow. And so every time you get a sign, take a moment to take a few breaths, to pause, to really feel into what that sign is bringing you to. And thank the universe for communicating Mm -hmm. with you because it really does have your back. Right. So true. Another story that I really like in the book that I resonated is Never Alone by B.L. Cessna. What can you tell about her inspiring story? Yes, I think so often signs will appear many times when we are going through 
a challenge. And a health issue is is one of those times where we can often feel very much alone because it's happening in our body. It's happening to us. And the people around us, as much as they care, they don't necessarily know what is going on inside of us, in our minds and in our hearts. And she ended up experiencing a health issue. She had been seeing the numbers 111, 1111, and 333. And it actually led her to the discovery of this particular health issue. And, you know, that brings us to a place where we start to reflect on our mortality. And we're also asked to really look at, you know, what it is that needs to shift. And so she kept following the signs. She kept following the numbers. She ended up having the sequence 1389 repeatedly appear, which that angel number means that one door is beginning to open as another one is closing. And as we start to uncover what these signs mean, we have to be careful not to take them too literal, but to kind of span out and let life be a little bit fuzzy because then we will see the shimmer. We'll see the little glimmer of gold that the signs really represent. And it led her to doing something that she wanted to do. It led her to writing. It led her to communicating. It led her to fulfilling things that were of her own heart and to understanding that the voice of the universe was simply helping to reflect her own voice. And that in itself was healing. You know, breast cancer has to do with sadness and grief in the heart. And so often that has to do with how we've ignored ourselves, how we've betrayed ourselves or not listened to what would be fulfilling to our own lives. And so in a way, the breast cancer came as a sign as well to have her pause, to slow down, to really see what she wanted to matter in life as she moved forward. And then the signs and symbols of the numbers came forward to then guide her as the compass to know what to do that would create fulfilling experiences. And that love, that happiness, that joy created from those experiences supported her in healing. Right, right. So true. My resonation with that story is interesting enough to where, but of course, I mean, I'm not sick or anything like that. But what came to mind was we all go through our ups and downs in life. There's one particular moment that for some reason I thought, okay, I need to go get a massage. And hey, I use Groupon. <laughs> Schedule a massage. And this massage therapist was the first person that really, for some reason, an odd reason, I guess, in a way, we were talking about things, right, life. She's very fluent in numerology. She actually gave me a site to whereby you can start looking and downloading specific numbers and you can learn about it. It fascinated me, and I did. And from that standpoint of view, what happened was then I started realizing, like you were talking about, I am now aware of the hello, the universe is trying <laughs> to get your attention. As I read the explanation, so to speak, those became a rear view vision of opportunities and possibilities that lie ahead for me. That's what introspection to me is all about. Oh, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, the, I think we have two purposes for coming into the human body. And one of those is to ultimately get to the highest degree of self-love that we can. I think that is our one true purpose in life is self-love. And the second is 
self-realization, to know ourselves at every level and every part of ourselves that's hidden and not hidden and allow those to be embraced with that love. Every time I go somewhere, if I'm going to stay in a hotel, I always take note of the hotel room number uh, and I use the numerology to understand what that means. It is uncanny how it is always correct. It is always confirming and it is always leading to the next step. So numbers are definitely an easy way that the universe uses to keep guiding us. Yes, very much so. Are there stories from some of your book's contributors that uniquely resonated with you? You know, I think that they all did because I've encountered mm-hmm. so many of the different things that that they've encountered, whether it was, you know, feathers appearing or someone that saw a cardinal repeatedly or an individual that was having their own prophetic experiences. It allows to other people to understand that we really are all the same. Our stories may be different, but uniquely we are all that divine connection and that makes us the same and when we look at life in that way and we open to seeing the different stories that people have and connecting via story then all of a sudden our heart starts to expand and we understand life in a different way and from a different person's perspective so true also what it helps is that it validates what we are going through. I think that's the most important thing. I think we all subconsciously are insecure in some ways, right? By having the opportunity to see others go through and experience what we experience, then we know we're not alone. We needed that validation. That's a beautiful point. Yes, such a beautiful, beautiful point, Johnny. Because I think that ultimately we, we want to understand that we're not alone. We want to feel seen, heard, and acknowledged, and by looking at someone else's story, knowing that we have a similar experience, in a way, we get to be seen, heard, and acknowledged as well. And that brings me to the conversation. I know you had mentioned that there are no bad signs, so to speak, because you're looking at everything as good signs. So how do we embrace that? Because a lot of people, and especially this is funny, I'm bringing this up from a movie standpoint of view. If you recall back years ago when they had the 666, (laughs) the Elvin, so to speak. Then obviously, uh (laughs) uh-oh. So how do you address (laughs) issues like that? I'm, I'm so happy that you brought that up because I actually, and I share it in the book, I had a woman that emailed me because she was quite frantic that her church had been assigned uh, a specific number for uh, address or phone number or something, and it was 666, and she was just appalled that the devil's number was now being associated with her church. And I emailed back, and I said, you know, 666 is something that's been propagated by the movie industry. You know, that's not a bad number. In fact, if you look at angel numbers, 666 is one of the most auspicious numbers, and it's actually a number that represents calling people to the light, bringing together congregations. So there could not be a better number for your church than 666. It's really important now to look at how you, what lens you place on things when you're looking at them and what they do to you in your body or your outlook towards life. I really don't believe there are any bad signs. Mm -hmm. Are there signs Mm -hmm. that show up that are uncomfortable? Yes. Those are the unorthodox signs, but those signs are only appearing 
to shift you out of a place that you are not meant to be, to shift you out of a relationship or a job that's no longer fulfilling or a city that no longer is going to be energetically supportive to you. You're going to have some signs show up that your mind might call bad, but in truth, if you follow the flow, you will see that they are bringing forth some of the things that are the best things that will ever happen to you. We have to be really careful to not fall victim to the conditioning or the brainwashing of Mm -hmm. the media or television or movies or just taking on concepts simply because they're presented in front of us. And we have to also remember that as human beings, we are naturally negative. That is why we have Mm -hmm. to do so much positivity work. That's why we say so many affirmations. And so once we accept that about ourselves, then all of a sudden we can shift into starting to see life for all of the good that it actually is. Right, right. That's true. And not only that, too, though, whether it's in business or personal and professional life, there are things that's not going to go everything your way. But the funny thing about it is that I've always had the concept of even though there's a roadblock, there's an angle to whereby, okay, there's a reason for this to happen. What's the lessons learned here? So if you embrace it from that standpoint of view, again, from the concept of the rear view vision is always a vision of opportunities and possibilities that lies ahead, then you are prepared for it, for lack of a term. Like you mentioned, because one could just embrace it and say, oh, my God, this is it. <laughs> or can we change the trajectory of our path? We can certainly do that respectfully all the teachings of all the sacred texts and so forth that it's not predetermined it's the freedom of choice you can go right or left and one of the things that i was taught a long time ago by all my moms is that we have door number one two three and four now each door will have its own presentation so to speak <laughs> yes it's your choice but then within that door within those choices they are more inner doors that you have to make choices, that we have to make decisions. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Do you have any advice for someone regarding the easiest and the best way to start connecting and understanding the divine messages the universe has for them? Yes, I have a whole string of suggestions and practices and protocols in the third Mm -hmm. section of the book, Signs, Sacred Encounters. So that will really allow an individual to completely immerse. The the thing that I would share here is verbally ask for the signs to come. And when they come, pause, take a deep breath, and ask yourself what that is meaning to you, what that is bringing to you, and start to develop your own intuitive strengths. Wonderful, wonderful. How about for those who are already tuned in? How can they deepen the experience with signs from the universe? They need to understand that we can all Google, and those are going to be general (laughs) meanings to the signs that they have. But once they've gotten past that point, it becomes time to learn your own dialect to the universe. To start Mm -hmm. to recognize now what the different signs mean to you beyond the Google definition that you end up finding. Interesting, interesting. Where can someone go to buy your books, get more information about your various offerings and services, and keep up with your latest happenings? 
My website is imsimran.com. That's I-A-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com. I do have a special two-book bundle, my first Conversations with the Universe and Signs, plus bonus gifts for anyone that really wants to immerse completely into their world of signs. And the books are also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Sacred Stories Publishing, or anywhere that books are sold. Wonderful. That's really wonderful. So what's next for you? Uh, I am in the midst of promoting several books. I wrote Signs and also have a new trilogy that has all released at the same time that goes into the multidimensionality of who we are. So now I think it's time for me to help individuals understand how all of these pieces fit together so that they can be more empowered. Wonderful. Looking back, you talk about the pivotal moments, the guideposts in the 30s, 40s, and so forth, and where you're at today. What are those things that you went through that really stuck up to you to whereby like, oh my gosh, this is magnificent? The most pivotal experience or recipe for living that I can give people would be Mm -hmm. a mantra that I've used. I would first say, remember to breathe, and then hold on to this mantra as your own. In love, of love, with love, and as love. You are in love all of the time. You are with love all of the time. You are made of love, and you are simply here to be on the planet as love. In love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. And I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with you today, Johnny. Thank you so much. Oh, it's beautiful. That's a wonderful recipe for living that you have shared with us this morning with our listeners. That's really wonderful. Really, really wonderful. To all our listeners, please join me next week, Wednesday morning, April 19 at 10 a.m. Central Time. My guest will be Dr. Paul Hanna. Dr. Paul is a physician, master teacher, healer, spiritual qigong master, speaker, and author. He's known as a vessel through which energy, light, and love flows in abundance. Dr. Paul and I will be having a conversation about his remarkable life's journey and his latest book, Remembering Qualities of Your Soul, Joyfully Living Your God Self. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. Simran, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very delightful and blessed week. It's been a delight, Johnny. Thank you so much. Good wishes. And uh, I look forward to sharing all of your work because you're doing some amazing things. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.